Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am the editor-in-chief for Imperial Esports, and this is the 10th and final day of the Rough Drafts North America Team-by-Team LCS podcast preview. We are here, Walter. We have done it. We have finally made our way to the end of the league, and I think we should we should appreciate that. Uh, and, and as I said, uh, it is Walter on the other end of the line. Say hi to the nice people at home, Walter. Oh man, I can't wait to watch this team. Just just because there's going to be so many basketball jokes that I get to make now. I get th- to go away from football and I'm just going to talk basketball and no one's going to understand what I'm saying. First of all, I personally am looking forward to that as well. Second of all, is do, do you think it's on accident that the Echo Fox logo, if you just took away the extra tail bit, would basically be a basketball? Like just in terms <laughs> of just awesome. rounded shape. Like I don't know if it's kind of cool. I think it's really great. I, I love that they kind of like, how can we make a fox out of a basketball? And then they did it. I think that's awesome. It's a great logo. That's kind of cool. I like it. I, 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 I never looked at it that way. And, uh, and this is Echo Fox, by the way, if you haven't looked at the title or you know, done process of elimination given that there's only one team left. Uh, they purchased Gravity Spot. So we have no precedent for this team. Uh, we have never seen these guys play together. We have no idea how they're going to work at the end of the day. But we're going to hope that it works out really well. Uh, we have KFO, a Korean solo queue guy in the top lane. Hard, the Cloud9 Tempest jungler uh, in the jungle. Froggen from Elements coming over from Europe in the mid lane. Keith, who you guys will remember did some TSM, Cloud9 Challenger, CLG Black, just a lot of different people, uh, a lot of different teams he played for. Uh, at the AD carry position, and Big, formerly named Baby, coming from TDK and Team Imagine, which, by the way, a guy named Baby changing his name to Big, you just put those two together, and it's it's not a good comparison. It's just, really should have thought about that when changing his names. Um, <laughs> and they haven't announced a coach yet, so that's going to be kind of an interesting thing here. So, Walter, when you just look at the roster itself, where do you come down on this team? So this roster has a lot of like interesting pieces to me. Uh, and and KFO and in Hard, um, I've met Hard uh, Hard uh, in the flesh before. He's a uh, he's a young kid. He's like seventeen, eighteen. Uh, his first major like professional experience was on that Cloud Nine Tempest uh, um, challenger team. And I think he I think he could become a good a good jungler. I think he showed a lot of promise in his challenger career. Um, and the couple of smaller teams that he played on before Cloud9. But he's definitely a very raw prospect, and he's going to take a lot, of, a lot of molding to really turn into a top-tier jungler. Um, Froggen and Selfie are, are the two mid laners. Selfie is listed here as, as a full-time mid laner, not a support, so, or not a sub. So we don't necessarily know what their timeshare will be, but both of them are pretty solid uh, mid laners, which will probably help hard quite a bit. It'll give him a veteran kind of presence to kind of direct what he's supposed to do and then this bot lane of like keith and baby feels interesting because keith now has like his first real real shot in the lcs rather than just being used as like uh leverage on other players to try and get them to play better so now it's his his team his time to shine can he kind of break the mold of just playing like caitlin and being very very passive as a player can he adapt and become a, t- a good AD carry in North America? And and how well is he going to work with Baby? Um, KFO, I literally 
uh, the research that I did, I know nothing about him. Like you said, he's a solo queue star. So maybe he turns into the next like Marin slash Faker slash whoever. But I, I, the jury's still out on him, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to be hard to say anything definitive about KFO for sure. But when you look at the rest of these guys, it, there are some interesting pieces. And the first piece, and I think the most exciting piece of this whole puzzle, is Froggen. Walter, where do you think Froggen stacks up against this class of NA mid laners at this point in his career? Well, if we're just talking about the NA mid laners, he's the best one. Or the best player out of all the NA mid laners, because there's only two of them. Ha, ha, ha. Badum Tish. Badum Tish, indeed. You. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Uh, but no, <laughs> in, in all honesty, someone had brought something up uh, on Twitter about Froggen not being very good and whatever. They didn't, ca- you know, Europe didn't care that they were, uh, were, were losing him. But when you go back and look at the statistics, all of his laning statistics, he was top three in Europe. He's a great laner. He's a phenomenal laner. And I think that's where he's going to be able to pick apart some of these players. In, in all honesty, I only think that, that Bjergsen and, and uh, Jensen and, Ge- and, G- and Gank by Mob, obviously. But those are really the only ones that are fairly good in the laning phase. Um, Alex Each, even Challenger Series, showed that he had some problems in this laning phase. Pobelter, Hui, Shifter... Phoenix, we kind of all know who they are, and they all struggle in the laning phase. They all, you know, have trouble farming when another laner is really giving them, uh, giving them pressure. And Froggen is is really efficient at not only farming but also positioning himself in ways that he'll get his farm. And the second you go for one minion, he's going to harass you. Just by his, by positioning himself in, in lane, and that's what happens when you've been a superstar. For like four years in League of Legends. So I think he's going to stack up very well. I think watching him play against, like I said, Jensen, Ganked by Mom, and Bjergsen. And then even playing against Alex Each for kind of the the uh, the legacy value of just... I, I, I'm getting misty-eyed at watching the old CLG EU versus Alex Each uh, versus Gambit games. Like, I'm, I'm getting all misty-eyed back when they were Moscow 5 in like Season 2 and early Season 3. Like, ugh. Better days, better days. You can already but. see the montage appearing on PTL, right? <laughs> of all of their former yes. highlights. Yes. It's like the and first time they of, met. Is <laughs> yeah. some random the of, of. of how well they play against each other? A- absolutely. Yeah. It's going to so, be great. It, it's going to be great. I think he's obviously a lot better than some of the other ones, uh, some of the other players in, in North America. But I don't think he's going to come out and like be challenging Bjergsen for being the best mid laner in, in North America. I, I don't think we're quite going to see that. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about Froggen, and I have for a while now. Um, on, on the one hand, everything you said about his laning is very true, and it's backed up by the stats. He was first in both CS and gold differential at 10 minutes. Uh, so basically everything you could want from just a laning mid laner. And he did it without any incredible junglers really coming to save him. So that's, that's on him. Uh, he had a crazy amount of, you know, damage permitted, effective goal permitted, CS permitted. All this stuff was great. Uh, and the stats that didn't look great is KDA kills deaths, especially the deaths. He was tied for second in most deaths in Europe. Uh, you can all explain with, but who did he have helping him? And the answer is pretty much nobody. I guess it's kind of cool that he, he, he did everything that he could and, you know, he died for his sins, but it wasn't really his sins in the first place. My problem with Froggen, though, is a philosophical problem. 
You know, he is very good at what he does, but what he does is a style of play that really doesn't translate well to a game that's getting faster and faster from what we've seen from these IEM tournaments. You know, he loves to farm until the late game and then become this unkillable mid lane power. That's what he's known for. It's what he's been best at. It's why he loves champions like Anivia, where he can just get the tier and really just farm up and get the stacks and then suddenly becomes this late game god. And right now, the meta is just too fast for that. I don't see, you know, based on what we saw at IEM Cologne, I don't see that working out. And it's one of the things that I think made me so frustrated watching him and that Elements team throughout all of 2015 is that they were still playing like that strategy from Season 4 was going to work. And I really, I just need to see Frog and show that he understands, okay, the game is faster now. I have to be more aggressive on kills. I have to be more aggressive with some of these team fights. I have to push the pace of the game and make sure that we're dictating the pace rather than letting the other team dictate it and assuming that we will have that chance for the late game fight to turn things around because that fight's coming less and less frequently now that the meta's made the changes that it has. Uh, But that said, if he's going to do that, he's going to need some help. And the underrated storyline for this podcast is, which of these lesser-known players has the best chance to make the leap, Walter? So I think it's going to come down to KFO and and Hard, the the top lane and the jungler. Yeah, Keith can definitely improve, but we sort of know what he's like. And Baby's in the support position, and while he can make like while the support can be super impactful, if we as we've seen from guys like maybe Aphromu and, and Yellowstar, that the support can impact a game. I think it's really going to come down to one to either KFO or Hard making this leap to take some of the pressure off of Froggen. Let's say KFO is the one who takes the leap, and you stay kind of in this carry style top laner. You know the Fioras, Darius, that those kind of like the Juggernauts. It takes some pressure off Froggen for not having to carry. He has someone else that can do damage. He has someone that can go in and disrupt the back line. He has someone that can troll top lane, can split push, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The same thing with Hard. If Hard's the one who takes the next step, then him and Froggen can really dictate control over the map, kind of like how High and Meteos used to, where it's a lot of ward control, where it's a lot of invading, where it's a lot of ba- you know backing up your mid laner. And when Froggen wants to make a play, Hard is going to be in his back pocket to make that play. Um, I think Hard is probably more likely of the two, just because Hard has some competitive experience. And Hard can directly impact not only KFO and Froggen, but also Keith, and make sure that they can get ahead and that they can um, they can establish you know they can establish themselves and and they can play to their game plan rather than just you know, falling to the wayside and doing whatever the enemy team wants to do. That being said, he has a really big challenge in the fact that the only other players that are really rookies like him that are going to be in upper tier teams are Moon. Uh, and then you have Carrie and Proxen, which while they are kind of rookie-esque, I don't think they're going to be contending for, you know, the top couple of spots. So if he re- if this team really wants to be successful and get into the playoffs, they're going to have to beat the likes of Rush and Xsmithy and Rainover and Crumbs and I Will Dominate and Svenskeren. And if they can do that and Hard can go even with them or potentially beat some of them, Echo Fox could very quickly turn into a playoff team. Yeah, but that's a tough ask. And that's the thing where I look at Hard. He died a lot in the challenger scene. Uh, He did not do very well in the first 10 minutes as far as his pathing went. He was struggling in getting gold for himself. He didn't do a ton of damage. He didn't do a great job of 
you know, getting that effective gold, you know, gold per minute. The thing that he did really well and the place where he stood out amongst his challenger junglers that he went up against was his warding. He was second in wards placed and second in wards cleared. But Crumbs did both of those better. And Crumbs is going to be one of the weaker junglers that you just named that he has to beat on a regular basis. I don't know how he does it without, you know, coming up with a way to, to minimize those deaths and get other advantages on the map than just the warding and the vision. Because the early game nowadays, you know, the way they've changed the trinkets and whatnot, vision is a very different game. And he's going to have to find a different way to give that value to the team. And I don't see it from the way that he played in the Challenger series. And I, I don't see it from Keith. Keith, we've seen be a guy who just really likes to follow orders and do whatever the team wants. He doesn't, you know, do stupid things. He doesn't do incredible things. He's just kind of, you know, middle of the road, very much affected by his support, who we got to see a couple times in the LCS last split when he was under the name Baby. And it went very poorly. So that's another concern I have with this team, I guess. I just, it, it really does feel like it's KFO or bust. And that's why I have to ask the question for my biggest fear here, Walter. Is this team any better than the rosters Froggen has struggled with for the past two splits? So, so on his previous rosters, other than like the last year, uh, last split, basically, he's had some pretty good players around him already. He's had Reckless, he's had Wicked, he's had Nif, he's had Shook, and then it started to go downhill. So in the total of the last two years, no, this is not going to be as good as that roster that had Reckless on it. But it could be better than the rosters that were sort of thrown together here with like Wow on them. Tad, you know, Keith could turn out to be better than Tad's, those sort of things. I think Baby definitely could turn out to be better than Nif. Um, so there's a lot of potential sitting here. It's just It just kind of comes down to that question you asked of, can KFO and can Hard and can Baby Eater step up, get better than what they were, or in KFO's case, establish a really high baseline for us to start with? And, and match up some of these lower mid-tier teams. Match up against someone like Renegades, who I am very high on Renegades, but there's a very good chance that you know Renegades is going to be your 6 or your 7 seed when it comes to the end of the season. Can they contend with Team Dignitas? That Dignitas has a couple of rookier players in their, in their top in their jungle positions. So if Harden KFO can beat those two guys, and Frog and Keith and Big can go even with Shifter, Apollo, and Kiwi Kid, then yeah, you can pick some games off of Dignitas. And again, it's all about just avoiding this like relegation spot for Echo Fox. If they can get the seventh seed and avoid relegation where there are a bunch of strong challenger teams. There are eight. Challenger is going to be very stacked this year in North America, and you want to avoid having to play against those teams. Mm-hmm. So if you can get into that seventh seed, it's that much more important because Rick Fox, who this is the first time really that we're mentioning him, isn't in this for you know a one and done like the Gravity Owner was. He's in this for the long term, and he wants to try and establish a long term esports organization in League of Legends. So that's that's the goal for them is avoid relegations. Yeah, that's going to be the goal and it's you know for me I'm a little bit less high on big and hard than you are at the end of the day. I I think that we've seen enough from them in the challenger scene to say I don't expect them to make a leap when they're having to play stronger and stronger talent on a weekly basis, but that's 
that's what you've got to hope because what Froggins had for the past couple splits are known talents that couldn't come together, couldn't adjust to the meta properly, couldn't couldn't make the personalities mesh, and you had disasters. Here you have a lot of guys that just want to prove themselves, that just want to work together on this team and and make it work and make it, you know, show some people that they are better than people give them credit for. And that's a very different dynamic, and that's maybe the advantage that Froggen has now compared to those other teams, is that now he has a team that, you know, instead of having to worry about any egos or just trying to, you know, make its way through with an organization that, you know, didn't really support that team in all the ways it could. He's got Rick Fox, he's got some young guys that are eager to prove themselves, and hopefully they can take that to their advantage. But Walter, I'm sensing your crystal ball. It's it's going crazy. I can feel it all the way from here. Walter, what are you sensing about this team? So I am sensing that this team will, in fact, avoid relegations, that KFO in particular will be the surprise, and that that while Hard and while Keith and while Big may not make the ginormous leaps that we really, really would love to see, that they're going to get to the point where they're good enough to take some games off of these lower mid-tier teams, and when one of them falls down, they're going to sneak up and they're going to get out of that relegation spot and probably that like, you know, seven, you know, seven, six spot. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, right? I, to me, my problems are less with Echo Fox than, you know, who do you put below them if you're going to do that? Because there are a lot of teams with big names, with big aspirations who, you know, one of them is going to get left out. You know, you just name the people that, you know, you know, you got, NRG, TSM, Immortals, Liquid, CLG, Cloud9, that's six already. So then you're looking at, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be better than Renegades, Dignitas, you know, and Impulse. Impulse should be easy, but those other two are still up in the air with the rosters that we have in front of us. And then you have to be better than one of those six teams that I named earlier if you're just going to make the playoffs. And that's where it gets hard is which of those teams that feels like a playoff team is going to fall out. Which of the, you know, of Renegades and Echo Fox, which of these teams is going to be able to step up for that seven spot if you believe that the six I named earlier are indeed playoff teams? And there are a lot of good questions on on all the sides of it. I would love to see Echo Fox be successful, mostly because that would mean that this young North American talent that we've been trying for forever to cultivate finally figured it out, and I would love that. I just... I'm not sure if I'm ready to commit to that in the same way that you are. But Walter, at the end of the day, what are your final thoughts on this team? So I think that this team, the the more I've thought about them and the more I think that this team could actually mesh together and turn out to be, you know, a middle of the road North American team. I don't think they're going to be awful. They're not going to be world beating. And if they somehow did get into the playoffs, uh, you know, I don't think that they're going to take a series off of anyone. I think it's way more likely that they're going to end up, like I said, in that kind of seventh spot and just barely avoid relegation. But, you know, any anything, you know, basically higher than ninth is better than where we thought they were going to be, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah, that's fair. It's going to be – it certainly has the potential to surprise people. If, if Hard or KFO really step up in a big way, this team gets a lot more fun very quickly. And, you know – Rick Fox, he's a smart guy. We've seen him succeed in a lot of different areas out, you know, both on and off the basketball court. So, you know, I'm sure he has a plan. But our plan 
is to be done with these team-by-team preview podcasts. Uh, It is over. Uh, If you're listening to this, our Power Rankings article for Europe should have just come out on Slingshot Esports. There will be a link in the description for that uh, when it does appear. Uh, You guys should totally check that out. We'll put it on our Twitters, too. I'm at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can they find you? You guys can find me practicing my three-point shot at C80s underscore LOL. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening to these previews. It's been a great series. Uh, Obviously, if you missed any of these episodes or you just want to make sure that you catch what we're going to be up to next because there are plenty more podcasts where this came from throughout the season, you should definitely find us at soundcloud.com slash esportsgamblinghour or on iTunes at the Esports Gambling Hour. If you subscribe, then when we eventually make the name change we've been planning for a while, you'll already be there, and it'll be wonderful. Uh, But thank you guys so much. It's been great breaking down this North American season. We've got a lot of exciting things ahead of us. And until then, goodbye, Internet.